Today, church, we are going to continue our sermon series entitled Peace of Mind, and and I believe every single one of us, we want to have peace of mind in our lives. We want to have it to where we can trust in God and we recognize that he is doing something, but the enemy doesn't want that for you. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, the, the verse you're hearing every single week this month, it says this, you will keep in perfect peace. Did you hear it says, sir? It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, meaning in God, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, meaning God. Today we're going to be talking about in our sermon series, as I told you, they, they're going to continue to get a little harder, each one of them, they'll, they'll hit you hard, I promise you, but today we're going to be talking about worry. You know, how many of you struggle with worry, and how about right now, you're sitting in the auditorium here, it's 1121, how many of you are worrying about something right this moment? You are struggling with something, you have an, an ongoing weight You've got a burden. You've got a fear. It might be for somebody that you love. You know, it might even be something that you care about or something that you want to change in your life. But you've got this burden. Maybe, church, you're worrying about the future. You know, all the things that are going to be coming your way. You know, it can be a never-ending weight. It can be a never-ending weight that's heavy to us and something that's always present with you. If this is you, I want you to know, church, you're not alone. Chronic worrying is one of the biggest mental health problems today. It's one of the biggest ones, and Americans have a bigger problem with this than any other country in the world. We worry way more. So can you even imagine, just for a moment, we live in the richest society, the richest society in the world, and we are actually the most worry-filled people. So for all you Americans that are sitting here today, congratulations, you win something that you don't want to win. You are the number one worriers in the world. But see, many of us, we battle. We battle this like this chronic ongoing, you know, we we think it's natural, this ever-present worry in our lives. And what it's doing, church, it's, it's poisoning your peace. It's poisoning your peace, it's killing your joy, and it's stunting your spiritual growth. You're not able to grow the way that God has called you to when you're constantly worrying. 60% of people, I read this just this past week, 60% of people from the ages of 13 and up in the United States struggle with constant chronic worrying and stress daily. That's over half the people, over half. And so if you're in this category, many of you, maybe right now you're sitting in church, you're even having a hard time focusing on this message because you've got some weight, you've got some burden, you've got some concern that just keeps playing over and over in your head. So why is it? Why is it that so many of us find ourselves battling worry? I mean, constantly. What we're going to do, we're going to try to unpack this today and listen at the core. And this, this is so churchy. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's so churchy. But at the core of it, this is a fact. It comes straight from God's word. At its core, it's because of our sinful nature. That's what it is. It's because of our sinful nature. Because, church, we were born, every single one of us, we were born as sinners, and we tend to default towards sin, and we default towards fear instead of defaulting towards faith. That is, we default to fear instead of to faith. And I can prove this to you. Absolutely can prove this to you. If you were awake this morning at 2 a.m., if you were awake this morning at 2 a.m., I can promise you, 
that you are not laying awake in bed trying to figure out how to manage all the peace and all the joy that you've got in your life. You are not trying to do that at 2 a.m., not at all. See, if you are awake at 2 a.m., you're probably worried about your kids, what's going on with your kids. Maybe you were worried about some health issues that you have. Maybe you're worried about your your marriage. Man, if you were in high school, for all those of you who were in high school, maybe this morning, if you were awake at 2 a.m., you were worried about your future. I remember this so vividly. You were worried about where am I going to be a year from now, right? Where, where am I going to be in the future? What school am I going to go to? What kind of job am I going to have? Am I going to have a spouse? Will anybody even have me? You know, whatever. Those kind of thoughts. Maybe for everyone here, it's your job. Maybe it's terrorism. Maybe it's war. Price of eggs. You seen the price of eggs? You're worried about that, aren't you? See, we live in a culture today where worry is accepted as a normal part of life. But listen, I want to educate you this morning. A lot of people think anxiety and worry are the same thing. I want to teach you just a little something here this morning. It's kind of confusing. See, worry is experienced in our minds. When you worry, it's something you experience in your mind. See, it's where you worry over and over and over again in your mind. You just keep playing this out in your minds. See, we're rehearsing thoughts in our minds. But anxiety, church, anxiety is experienced in our bodies. It's something that's experienced in our bodies. Worry is specific. Anxiety, it's, it's holistic. That's what anxiety is for us. See, worry is, I might miss my plane. You're going to the airport. I might miss my plane. You're worried you might miss the plane. Anxiety is that you're anxious just about traveling. So they're kind of night and day there. Worry's more specific. In church, we all worry about a lot, don't we? We do. Well, guess what? Jesus says we don't have to. He makes it abundantly clear to us that we don't have to. In fact, with him on the throne, church, think about this. We shouldn't worry. We shouldn't be worried at all. So today's text is going to come from Matthew chapter 6, if you'll turn there with me this morning. And so in this text here, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, he tells us multiple times, he tells us multiple times to stop worrying. He just says, stop it. He doesn't beat around the bush with it. He doesn't hint to it. It's not vague. He's very specific. He says, stop worrying. And in the middle of this very powerful and practical church, this is practical. God's word really is practical. We make it too hard. In this practical teaching on worry, Jesus actually covers the top five topics that almost all of us worry about. Jesus tells us not to worry about these five things. And so he's going to say this. Listen, church, I'm going to give you the the gist of it before I read the scripture. He's going to say this. He's like, don't worry about your money. Don't worry about your finances, okay? He's going to say, don't worry about your fitness, uh, about your health. He's going to say, don't worry about your fashion. He's going to say, don't worry about your future, right? He's, don't be freaking out about food. So he covers the five S right there. It's finances, food, fitness, fashion, and future is what God covers for us today. And so Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, if you'll read it on the screen here with me, it says this, no one can serve two masters. This is Jesus speaking. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. There it is. There's your finances, church. He's telling you, don't be worrying about that. Don't make that your number one priority. But then he goes on to say in verse 25, he says this, therefore I tell you, Do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. So there he is. He's covering all those that we mentioned, church. And he said, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So he covers it, finances, food, fitness, fashion, and the future. He told them not to worry about the food there. And you got to put this in the context a little bit, church. It's because they were poor. These people probably didn't always know where their next meal was going to come from, right? See, we worry about food on a whole different level in society today, don't we? We, 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 don't, want, we don't worry about what we're going to eat. We usually worry about where we're going to eat, don't we, right? We, we fight about it. Mary and I, we kind of have this ongoing thing. My wife doesn't like to pick a lot of things. She always just wants me to do it. And so if we're going to go out to eat, we'll say, hey, where are we going to go eat? And I'll say, you pick, baby girl. And what she'll do is she'll be like, no, you pick. And ladies, I love you. I do. But all nine times out of 10, when the man says, well, we'll go here, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. Okay, let's go somewhere else. And so it, here's what I do. And I learned this, guys, this is tried and true. It's perfected. So when we are kind of going back and forth about where we're going to eat, I pick the restaurants that I know my wife hates the most. I'm like, if it's my pick, honey, we're going to Burger King and Long John Silver's. Which one do you want? She always picks after that. Mark it down, fellas, right? So we worry about food in a different way than they did there. We worry about food differently. And Jesus says this. Jesus says, let us not obsess about which is temporary, but let us focus what's on eternal. On eternal. How many of you are worrying about things that honestly, a week from now, it's not even going to matter? A month from now, it won't matter. How about a year from now? It probably isn't going to matter. And he's telling us, he says, stop obsessing about these things that are temporary, these things that really and truly don't make a big difference. He says, you need to start worrying about the eternal. You need to focus on the eternal. He's saying, man, don't worry about your body. Don't obsess about your health. Listen, take a bath every day. Don't get too big. Take care of yourself. Yeah, but don't obsess over this. Don't obsess over that. You know, he wants us to focus more on our souls, church. Focus on your soul. He says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. How many of you worry way too much of what people think about you and your fit? You know what I'm talking about? Your outfit. You do. Guys, I'm on social media. I see some of you. You're so obsessed about making sure you got the right picture, the right shoes, the right clothes, right, right haircut, all these kind of things, because you want the likes. I get it, okay? Everybody likes to be liked. But we obsess about these things, and you're kind of like, how do I look? You like my outfit. You like all these things, right? If we spend, listen to me, church, if we would spend as much time thinking about God than we did on our social media image and what people think about us. I promise you, it would change the trajectory of your life. Man. Completely change the direction you're going. If you stop worrying about what people think about you and the way that you look, it's going to change it and you focus all that spare time on God. Jesus says, don't worry so much about those things that won't last. Check out, it says, verse 34. I'm going to go down and then come back up. In verse 34, he says this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. How many of you, you're already borrowing, borrowing on worrying from tomorrow? You're like, man, I ain't got enough to worry about today, so I'm going to borrow a little bit from tomorrow. A little bit, I'll take some from next week too because I got extra time today. And you pull it all over and you're worrying about it today, the things that you aren't even there yet. And you're already worrying about it. And Jesus says, don't do that. He said, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. At the Blakely household, we call that shopping for trouble. Seriously. You're like going shopping, looking for extra stuff to cause you grief in your life. You don't do that. Don't obsess about the future. Church, don't be, don't be freaking out about something you can't control. Don't be going crazy about where you'll go to school, right? You need to plan. I'm not telling you not to plan. Don't be going crazy about that perfect job that you want. Don't be obsessing about your loved ones getting sick or obsessing about, listen, as we age, you're going to change. Nobody looks at the age of 50 the way they did when they were 17. We change. And you know what? Jesus says, stop it. He says, do not worry. He doesn't say, I hope you don't worry. He doesn't say, I wish you wouldn't worry. He says, don't do it. Do not worry, right? And, and here, here's what he says, church. Here's how he tells us how not to worry. Check out verse 26 with me. See, he always gives you the plan, church. Verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He's saying, you know what? God loves you way more than those birds. Simple, church. He's saying he loves you way more than those birds, so, so don't worry. Think about, let's be real clear. If a bird is hungry, if a bird is hungry, the bird does something about it. Doesn't it? The bird does something about it. This shows us the difference between concern and worry. A lot of you guys like to, we'll just say be deceitful. <laughs> People come up to me and say, I'm concerned for you. No, you're worrying about me. There's a difference. Don't lie in church, okay? Don't, don't ever lie, but don't lie in church. Concern and worry are, are different. See, here's what it is. The difference between concern and worry is this. Concern focuses on challenges and moves you into action. That concern will focus you on a challenge and move you to action. It, it focuses on what might be a problem and moves you into an action to fix it. Like your relationships, right, church? They might be struggling right now, and you're concerned about it. And so what it does is it moves you into action. You recognize like, man, things aren't going good here with my husband and wife. Things aren't going good in this relationship that I'm in. And so you're concerned about it. And that concern should move you to action. And it should move you to action, church. Maybe you should think about getting counseling. I want to tell you something. One of the most glossed over things I really believe for all of us is how good it is to get counseling. It is. Number one, make sure they're a Christian. They'll give you some crazy advice if they're not. And number two, make sure that you trust them. But counseling is very, very good. I've been there, done that. Helped me out a ton. Counseling is very good for you. You talk to them. So if you're concerned, it should move you into action. If you're concerned that you, you, you've gained 
a lot of weight. Then you do something about it. You change that. See, concern focuses on challenges and it moves you to action. But here's what worry does, church. Worry focuses on what is beyond our control and it results in inaction. It results in inaction. It's things that you could never, ever control, and it results in inaction. It's, it's stewing about what you're doing is basically what it is. And that's why Jesus asks this question in verse 27. He says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? If it was true that it added time to your life, some of you will live to be 200 years old because you do a lot of it. But Jesus says, it ain't going to do you no good. It's not going to add to your life, right? It's not going to change anything. In other words, you worry and nothing has gotten better at all because of your worry. It hasn't changed anything because you just sat there. You just sat there worrying. Jesus says, don't do it. He's saying it's not helpful. He says it's not going to get you anywhere. And when you worry, church, nothing gets better. When you just sit around and worry, nothing gets better, but your mental health gets worse is what happens. Your mental health gets worse. You realize birds don't worry, but they don't sit around doing nothing either. They go out and they do their thing, right? A bird doesn't sit there and, and, and wait for God to drop food in their laps, Birds don't have laps, but they go get the food, right? They go do it. So what does a bird do? If he's hungry, he goes and flies around, sees a big worm, he goes down, gets it, and he eats it, right? You've never sat in your bed at night, and at 2 a.m. in the morning, you hear that little bird in its nest wide awake, chirping, tweeting, rubbing its little wings together, pacing back and forth in this nest. You never heard of that, church. They're not sitting there thinking about, oh, the supply chain shortage. Is it going to result in a shortage of worms for me? They're not worried about that kind of stuff. Not at all. You don't see that because the bird knows that God is going to take care of them. The bird knows that. And church, listen, God loves you more than the birds. He really does. So if God is going to take care of the birds, think about this. How much more is he going to take care of you? How much more is he going to pay attention to you? And so church, when you are worrying all the time, listen to me. Don't get mad at me. It's the preacher giving you the truth straight from the God's word. But when you're worrying all the time, here's what essentially you're saying is, God, I don't trust you. You really are. God, I don't trust you. When you're constantly going back and worrying about, you're telling him you don't, you don't trust him. You're saying, man, you're essentially saying, God, I, I don't believe in your plan. I don't trust your plan for me. Imagine how that makes God feel. You know, when I was teaching my boys to ride the, their bicycles, right? You know, the old classic thing. You hold on to the back of the seat. You kind of walk with them, kind of jog with them a little bit. And they're going along and they're, they're getting all, you know, wobbly on their bike. And what does the kid do? As he's starting out, he keeps looking. Are your hands still back there? Right? They're constantly looking. And every single time that they turn around to see if your hand's there, they get even more wobblier. And listen, as a parent, it drove me crazy. I hated when they would turn around and look. I'm like, I got you. I got you. Quit looking. Look ahead. Focus ahead. You know, I'm tired. Every time you turn around, it gets wobblier. And it makes, I got to work harder to hold you up. And it would drive me crazy. It would make me so mad because 
they didn't trust me. They didn't trust the fact that I would let go when I thought that they had it. They didn't trust me for the fact that I didn't want them to get hurt. Believe me, I didn't want them to wreck and skin their knee because I didn't want to hear all that crying. It gives me a headache. I wanted them to do it right, but it bothered me when they didn't trust me. Listen, church, when, you don't, when you're constantly worrying, you're telling God, I don't trust you. I, I don't trust you. I don't believe you are with me. I don't believe you have my best interests at heart. I, I don't believe, God, that, that your plan is good for me. Church, if you think I'm judging you, <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not because you know what? I might have also been awake at 2 a.m. this morning thinking about things, and God suddenly is like, you better refer back to the sermon you're going to give tomorrow. Because you know what? I want you to think, church, we all struggle. Every single person is vulnerable to worrying. But the fact is you have to reel yourself in. I want you to think on how all this might apply to you today, right? Think about this. What you worry about the most I'm talking about it's constant. You're always struggling. You're always thinking. You're always worrying. What you worry about the most shows where you trust God the least. If you're writing stuff down, you write it down. What you worry about the most shows where you trust God the least. So what is it for you this morning? How many of you, what is it for you? Are you worried about a relationship that you're in? Are you worried about that relationship? Are you worried about your children? Are you worried about your kids? Are you worried about your marriage? Are you worried about that diagnosis that's gonna be coming down soon? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about your finances, right? Maybe that's where you're at today. See, when we, when we do what we do, and we realize in this area, whether it be a category, an emotion, whatever it might be, we're not trusting God with it, church. When you figure that out, you've got to realize you're not trusting God with it. So how do we take care of that? How are we, how are you and I supposed to trust God? Jesus again, here he comes out the gate. Jesus again, he shows us, actually shows us what our role is and what God's is. Check it out, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says this, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Church, I grew up in the church. 52 years, I've heard that verse over and over and over again. And I started thinking about this. So what does it mean to seek first his kingdom? I'm thinking, somebody might not know this. What does it mean to seek first God's kingdom? Remember, it says first his kingdom. Here's what it is, church. So whenever you're worried, whenever you're freaked out, whenever you're panicked, whenever you don't know what to do, you know that it's too much to bear, what do you do? The Bible says you seek God's kingdom first. You seek it first. Let me tell you what it means to seek God's kingdom first. We'll start out right out the gate. Again, this is churchy, but that's where we're at, right? Churchy, prayer. You pray continually. Don't just Throw it up there real quick. Say, it all should be. No, you pray continually, church. And then you read his word. Read God's word. I'm telling you, the answers are in there. The answers are in there. Then you worship him. Man, you want to feel different? You want to have different thoughts? Put on some good Christian music. Sit there, 
driving your car, man, one of the greatest places to worship. Make sure when you stop at the red light, you tone down the singing a little bit. Person beside you looking at you like you're crazy. But you worship him. And then repentance, man. I don't think we talk enough about this in the church. Repenting. Where you, you know you're doing it wrong. You know you're messing up. You ask God, like, here it is, Lord, forgive me for this. I keep messing it up, right? And then memorize scripture. When I was growing up in this church, Joanne Van Dyke, I always had her as a Sunday school teacher. She moved up with me every time. I don't, maybe it was on purpose. I don't know. But she taught us as little kids, you memorize these scriptures, and then when you're feeling that, you throw it out. You verbally speak those verses, and let me tell you what, it helps. And the last thing is praise and thanksgiving. So church, you seek first his kingdom, that's how you do it, and then you seek his righteousness, being made right, being made right. That comes from confessing, repenting, right? Asking for forgiveness of our sins. You, you seek his righteousness. Church, you seek his presence. God is present in your life. Some of you got some blinders on. It's a little foggy out there right now for you. You're not seeing it, but he's there. You seek his presence, and then you seek his goodness. Everything, church, everything else, the Bible says, will be added to you as well Amen. when you do it that way. So I ask you this question. This is a hard question, church. Is God really first in your life? Think about this. You want to stop worrying? Think about, is God really first in your life? I'm talking, he's above everything. You could be a great parent, but I want you to know God has to be before your kids. You could be a great husband or wife. I promise you, God has to be before your husband and wife. And let me tell you right now, God's got to be before your job. Is God first in your life? Is he first? Is he first in your day? I'm talking about when you wake up, you start thanking him. I'm talking even before your feet hit the floor. God, wow, I'm still alive. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me another day, right? Or when you wake up, does your mind drift to him? Or does it drift to what you got to do today? Is God first in your life? When you think about finances, church, when you think about your finances, do you put him first where he blesses you? Everything you got comes from him. He tells you, I just want your first 10%, your first fruits, the Bible says. Are you blessing him with your, your finances, right? Or do you put him last or don't even think about him at all in your finances? Where does your mind go when it drifts? How many of you always go to worst case scenario? You know what I'm talking about? Like everything's always worst case scenario in your life, right? Here's how it could happen. Your child's late. Your child's late getting home. And so instantly you look at the clock, they're like, oh, they're 15 minutes late. Do you instantly think they're in a ditch on the side of the road laying there? Or do you think, my boy just ain't good with time? Do you always go to the worst case scenario? You know, does your mind drift to the worst case scenario or church does it drift towards the goodness of God. I'm talking about to the presence of God. I'm talking about the power of God, to the love of your heavenly Father. I'm talking about his grace, church. Does your mind drift to his grace, how much he's forgiven you for? I mean, he's forgiven you a lot. Some of you a lot, a lot, right? Where does your mind go? You put God first in your relationships. Seriously, is he the center of your relationship? 
It's either the center of your marriage, right? For those of you who are dating, and you're, listen, when you're dating, you're gearing up to learn how to be in a relationship and marriage. Is he first in your dating relationship? Is he first in your relationship with your friends? Is he first? Are they centered in him in every way? So I tell you, church, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, seek him first. Did you hear me? Seek him first. You seek him first. So maybe today you've come to church and you're like, man, I've come to some realizations today, preacher. The reason that you're so burdened with worry, the reason that you're struggling so much is because you haven't been putting him first. What we worry about the most, church, could reveal to what we trust God with the least. And the good news is this. You can put your cares in God's hand. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says this. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Picture that. He's saying cast it. He didn't say like hand it to me gently. He's saying like you throw it out there. You cast all of it, all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then James chapter 4, verse 8. And I'm going to finish with this verse as the praise team comes out here. It says this. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. I want you to think about that for a minute. Come near to God, and he's going to come near to you. Church, I'm talking about practicing his presence. I'm talking about taking that burden to him. I want you to think about this. What is it that's going to happen in your life that you are so worried about? It says, come near to him, and he will come near to you. Church, so many of us, we're waiting for God to kick open the front door and to just grab a hold of us. You know, there's a very famous picture that you've seen before, a really old picture. It's a picture of Jesus standing by the door knocking, and it's got a really cool oval door. I love the door. And if you stare real close at this picture, if you look at it very close, there's no doorknob on this door and Jesus is sitting there knocking on this door and see here's the key the artist had this thought right here Jesus is knocking on your door but listen the doorknobs on the other side only you can let him in you are the only one who can let him in he's a gentleman he's not going to kick open the front door oh he'll knock forever (laughs) he's persistent but he wants you to invite him in. You want to get rid of the worry, the fear, the anxiety? You invite him in, church. You let him do what he promises us he will do. And so this is what's going to happen with your worried. Whatever is going on in your mind, three things are going to happen with the church. The first thing is, it might never happen. You're worrying extra. It might never happen. The second thing is this. It might happen, but it's not going to be as bad as you thought it would. And the third thing is this. It may happen, and let's hope it don't, but if it does, he promises to carry you through it. He didn't say he'd walk beside you at that moment. He said, I will carry you all the way through it. So listen, God wants you to experience his goodness, his presence, his provision, and more than anything, church, he wants you to experience his peace. You know what? 
But do you realize we often get to know God best when we need him the most? So this morning, maybe you're sitting here and you realize that you don't have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You actually don't even have the opportunity for everything that I just handed out to you because you don't have a right relationship with him. I want to encourage you, let today be the day. No better day than today where you can make things right with him and it comes down to the fact you just take it to him. Like, Lord, I want to give it all to you. I want to give you my anxiety. I want to give you my worry because he knows you, church, and he says he will care for you because he is a good, good father. So this morning, if that's you, I want to encourage you, come up front. Whatever it is you're worrying about, what are you worrying about? You come up front. You can pray about it by yourself. You can have someone pray with you. Maybe you're saying, I need to make things right. I actually want to invite Jesus Christ in my heart. And it's simple. Don't make it hard, church. You recognize the fact that you're a sinner. You ask for forgiveness of those sins. Invite Christ to take up residency in your heart. And then you follow him in Christian baptism. So how about it, church? You need to make a decision. Let today be the day. Let's stand together and let's sing. But I want to encourage you to respond this morning.